It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good morning and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. What a day of Scottish football we have in store. By the end of the afternoon, we'll know who Scotland will face in Euro qualifying, if Rangers can top the table, and who out of Celtic and Aberdeen will win the first silverware of the season. Yes, it is League Cup final day. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me in the studio is Gordon Dale, Mark Wilson and Hugh Keevans. We will go to Tynecastle very soon for teams, Hugh Keevans, but first and foremost, Scotland's Euro 2020 qualification group so far is Belgium, Russia, Scotland, Cyprus and Kazakhstan. Ooh. Well, first of all, Belgium had an excellent World Cup. Russia had a very decent World Cup in their own country. Uh, Cyprus will be nice, a nice trip. And Kazakhstan, oh dear. So, uh, Belgium have had a very good World Cup. Russia had a very decent World Cup. And we are still at the stage of saying, what is a World Cup? Uh, Mark Wilson, just quickly... It- could have been easier We were oh, in pot yeah. We were in pot three So you were looking for your pot one or two teams To to perhaps do you a bit, a bit of a favour For instance Czech Republic were one of the pot two teams Would they have been slightly weaker than, than Russia? Yeah oh. probably I think Wales yeah. were in pot two as well Anyway We need to finish top two to get through Belgium and Russia I mean that's sounding uh, a tall order And you know the travelling as well comes into it to Russia It's not a favourable draw I don't think But listen it's, we know what we have to deal with now Alex McLeish just needs to go on with it And of course we know we've got the safety net Of that playoff So it's not all bad <laughs> It's not all bad indeed That's a good way of looking it's at it It's nearly all bad But it's not all uh, bad I am happy with that Alright let's go straight to Tyne Castle What an afternoon we've got A football feast for you this afternoon Let's start at Tyne Castle Hearts against Rangers In the Scottish Premiership Ronnie Charters and Alex Ray have the teams Yes, good morning from the capital where Stephen Gerrard's men have the chance to go top of the table with a win this afternoon unbeaten in the last six league games winning five of those with four straight wins over Hearts in all competitions For the Jambos, a real slump in form no wins in five and haven't scored a goal in just shy of 500 minutes of football A win today though puts them second in the table For the team news, Rangers it's four changes from the 0-0 draw with Villarreal, Alan McGregor in goal a back four of James Tavernier, of Golson, Gareth McCauley and Andy Halliday. Lasana Koulibaly, Scott Arfield and Ovi Azaria. The midfield three for Daniel Candeas, Alfredo Morelos and Eros Gresda up top. The subs, Fotheringham, Worrell, Jack, Lafferty, Flanagan, McCrory and Middleton. For Hearts, it's five changes from the 2-0 loss to St Mirren. Most notably, Captain Christoph Berra returns from injury and starts at the heart, the heart of that defence. Bobby Zlamal in goal, a back four of Marcus Godinho, Michael Smith, Christoph Berra and Dimitri Mitchell. Sean Clare, Harry Cochrane, Peter Herring and Oliver Zanich in the midfield. Arnold Zuman just behind Stephen McLean. The subs Doyle, Lee, Whiten, Hughes, Mulraney, Dicamona and Morrison the referee here at Tynecastle is Bobby Madden. Alec Ray this is always a tasty fixture especially here. Yeah it's a very difficult place to play Ronnie. There's several changes for both teams. Four for Rangers, five for Hearts. Uh, really looking forward to it. It's mouthwatering. It's an extremely difficult place to come and get a result. Rangers will come here in plenty of confidence after the recent run, whereas Hearts are struggling to score at the moment. So I'm really looking forward to it. Kick off high noon here in the capital. It's Hearts versus Rangers. There shouldn't be any nerves from the players in this match. It's a big game. There'll be a full house at Tynecastle. 
won't be any time to think about anything, and I think the atmosphere will be will be fantastic. We're under no illusions. It's going to be a tough game. Um, it's an intense crowd, really close to the pitch. Uh, we're on the back of a European night ourselves, so it's a really tough test for the players. Breaking news coming out of that UEFA Euro 2020 qualification draw. Scotland's group has been completed. Belgium, Russia, Scotland, Cyprus, Kazakhstan and San Marino. Plenty of time to reflect on that as the afternoon progresses. Gordon Deal, your thoughts on that game at Tynecastle where Rangers can go top um, but also a huge incentive for Hearts to get their act back together as well. Yeah, just listen to Alec. He's, he's correct in what he says. Tynecastle are a very difficult place to go and get a result no matter how Hearts are playing they'll make it physical they'll make it a battle they'll be in about Rangers try to unsettle them I think we're in for a fantastic afternoon of football um, but you look at Hearts can they get they've not got a goal in five games they've not won in five so they're looking to obviously improve in that Rangers are in good form coming off a Thursday night's game um, they'll be looking to pick up three points and by the end of the day be top of the table Alex Ray what are the main team news headlines if you like what jumps out at you from either side yeah well obviously Christoph Berra coming back in Gordon he hasn't played in 15 weeks so a bit of a gamble from that point of view and Michael Smith may well go from right back into centre back as well so from uh, Alfredo Morelos one of the form strikers in the league he'll be looking to try and get at them but for me it's always about how you win the midfield battles Koulibaly Arfield Azaria comes back into the fold today and they will take on Young Cochrane I think 17 year old boy Herring and El June uh, in there as well so I think it'll be really interesting then I'm looking to see how Gresda fits into things that for the times I have seen him he hasn't really been up to speed fitness wise we see him play against Scotland a couple of weeks ago looked very good so he could be uh, instrumental as well Candias so I'm really looking forward to Gordon I think it's going to be absolutely I'll have everything tackles fighting scrapping the whole shooting match Oh, as long as you don't celebrate too much <laughs> Absolutely, uh, particularly for Eros Gresda Alex, um, he signed a bit later than the rest Took a, a while to get going He was injured to begin with and so on um, There are not many fixtures Which say welcome to Scottish football Like Hearts at Tynecastle Yeah, well, we, we actually watched him a couple of weeks ago Gordon, when he made his debut against St Mirren And the game passed him by It was a very windy, horrible uh, afternoon But today I have to say it's very mild The playing surface is absolutely mag magnificent uh, but he will have to adapt to Scottish football very quickly. This is a very narrow pitch. He likes to get at people. There'll be overloads. There'll be people trying to double up and keep him quiet. So I'll be, uh, I'll be keeping a, a good eye on it. And then, as Daz says, it's always important to see how the teams warm up. Hugh Keevans, what a day it's going to be. We've got yeah. the League Cup final a bit later on in the show. As for this game at Tynecastle, like we say, Rangers can go top if they win. It is only the 2nd of December and they would have had played more than some of their rivals. But is there a, a symbolism around that which would be important for Steven Gerrard? Without question. Rangers have spent eight years in a wilderness. There's no point in talking about promotion from lower divisions. That's not what Rangers are all about. Uh, they've been eight years in a wilderness. And now it's Steven Gerrard. Decent money has been put towards the building of a team. And to be above Celtic for a day, for a week, it doesn't matter to the Rangers supporters. Uh, this is what they have craved and so Steven Gerrard has spoken about rather being at Hamden and being in a cup final but I think he in that sense dismisses the importance of being top of the league for the Rangers supporters and today I don't see Hearts having anything in their team that can threaten Rangers 
they have had a season that began extremely well and then the season played a cruel trick on them. It took away Suta, Berra, it Piazzu, Naismith. It ripped the heart out of hearts and they haven't recovered and they haven't scored a goal in the last seven and a half hours of play. I don't see them scoring a goal today against Scotland's best goalkeeper and I don't see them getting anything other than a bit of a going over from Rangers I think when you see more than decent money's been spent I think you're being kind there I think Rangers have spent a, a substantial amount of money on the squad to build what Steven Gerrard uh, needed to do so when people say well Celtic are still miles ahead well that's fine but the money they spend in their squad should be enough to negotiate games like today and they should be they should be at this stage of the season on Celtic's coattails because they should be able to deal with the rest and dealing with the rest is going to Tynecastle and winning I know it's an incredibly difficult place to go but the Rangers squad should have enough in it to beat a heart squad who are struggling badly just now they're missing their main strikers Christoph Beras missed last 15 games so this is the first game he's played apart from a game against Linlithgow Rose the other night so they should have enough to beat Hearts today but I won't come easy but they should still have enough I think it'll be a difficult afternoon for Rangers Gordon uh, I know what Mark's touching on there about you know the players that Hearts have got missing and the amount of money Rangers have spent in their squad there's no easy games at Tynecastle doesn't matter how how poorly Hearts are or what team they've got out they will make it a battle today and the middle part will be so so important you've got to win that whoever wins that middle battle middle part battle sorry will probably come out I can see Hearts getting something today I don't think they'll win I think they'll get a draw uh, Alex Ray there was a lot of interest in Rangers back four on Thursday night most of the calls we got that doesn't mean that represents everyone most of the calls we got wanted to see Goldson and Macaulay that didn't happen on Thursday but it does happen this afternoon is this a chance for them to show that, that they are the number one partnership yeah well they've, they've mixed and matched over recent weeks Gordon I think Macaulay comes in with a wealth experience uh, I see him come on against Motherwell all being down to ten men and they looked extremely comfortable very experienced uh, it's an opportunity though for Steve McLean to try and get him he hasn't played a lot of games Macaulay but from the Rangers point of view they'll be looking to try and keep a clean sheet uh, they've been conceding uh, too many goals of late and um, they'll be trying to keep that as I said uh, quiet but the importance Gordon of going to the top of the table is paramount for Rangers we talk about pressure applying pressure onto your rival Celtic onto Kamara who won yesterday is it's so important yeah, and what about at left back that's the other one isn't it a lot of people again it's torn between Flanagan and Halliday most people admitting that it's clearly not an ideal situation most would rather have Barisic there he's injured um, and it's Halliday that gets the nod today yeah I, I, I like Andy Halliday playing there it gives you that natural balance we touched on it on the show yesterday uh, you know I think John Flanagan struggles uh, particularly with balls inside him in the centre half he, he kind of falls asleep so it could, because it's not his natural position Andy Halliday knows this position well from his time at Livingston kind of coming through the ranks there he gives you that kind of going forward as well whereas John Flanagan has to check into his right foot and deliver it's, uh, it's not ideal but I like the look of the Rangers today you know they're very 4-2-3-1 uh, everyone knows that their shape it's about how they apply it and take the game they've scored goals in recent weeks uh, from the first 15-20 minutes they set the tone so that'll give them the opportunity to uh, to do that today but this is going to be extremely difficult I know we always talk about the, the game's been won and lost in midfield but that happens often what about Berra against Morelos though how important might that be oh 
Rob, an absolute brilliant battle. I, I know Christoph better for years. He's been, you know, an absolute warrior. Yeah, they miss him. I think some of the boys in Judah were saying better and suited their miss. So it'll be a great little tussle. You know, you look at Alfredo Morales, he's probably in the form of his life at Rangers. He's actually taking his game to a new level, holding the ball up, bringing it in play. I think if he can get in around about better, get movement within that box, he can cause him problems today just because of that 15-week layoff he's had. So there's so many battles across the, the whole of the pitch. Can, can you know, can Cavanaugh and Candias continue to have that partnership with kind of goals? And then you look at Mitchell going the other way for Hart. So, so many great battles to look forward to, Gordon. Hugh Keevans, it's, it's one of those fixtures always full of interest and intrigue. Yeah, and that terrific song playing in the background there, yeah. one of the great football songs. Sorry, give us a, rend football. a rendition or no, will you leave what, it to? But what I will say to you is the H E A R T S are about to be B E A T E N. So I don't think that they have the players who can take on Rangers. I didn't, but I knew that Christoph Berra would play because. Hearts are on a five-game run, no wins, no goals, and you need better, even though under normal circumstances you wouldn't mm. throw a man who's been out for 15 weeks into a game like this, but they need him because it's the last throw of the dice. Gordon Dale and Mark Wilson are still writing down B-E-A-T-E-N, no. so I'll leave them to it. Ronnie Charters and Alex Ray take us up to kick-off. Yes, not a seat to be had here at Tincastle for Hearts versus Rangers. The teams are outled by Christoph Berra and James Tavany. We'll run you through them again. Four changes for Rangers. Alan McGregor in goal, a back four of James Tavany, Connor Golson, Gareth McCauley and Andy Halliday. Asana Koulibaly, Scott Arfield, Obia Azaria in the middle. Daniel Candias, Alfredo Morelos, Eros Gresda up top for Hearts. Bobby's Lamar in goal. Marcus Godinho, Michael Smith, Christoph Berra, Dimitri Mitchell, Sean Clare, Harry Koch, Peter Herring and Oliver Zanich in the midfield Arnold Zoom in behind Stephen McLean with the referee, the man in the middle Bobby Madden. Alec, give us a, a final prediction and a, and a score prediction as well for this. Yeah, I fancy Rangers to win this today. I think it'll be tight I think it'll be a 2-1 uh, to Rangers' favour. Again, I said at the top of the show I felt as if it was a midfield battle Koulibaly, uh, Arfield, Najari go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Cochrane and Herring and Zoom. So, you know, plenty of battles throughout the place. I like the fact that Bobby Madden's a referee as well. He's very assured him what he does so looking forward to a really brilliant game Gordon how big Ronnie how big <laughs> how big can this crowd be here at Tinker because as you can hear it's, it's always here yeah listen it's always a very intimidating place to play uh, your football Rangers fans are behind the goal to our right hand side here the noise is absolutely deafening it's two sets of fans with expectations and for as you say, Alfredo Morelos with those two changes in defence, he'll be licking his lips this afternoon at that one. Yeah, if I was Alfredo Morelos, I'd be looking to say himself, get myself on to Smith, no natural uh, centre-half, you may be able to bully him, uh, he's not the biggest uh, physically, and uh, you know, Alfredo Morelos is uh, on fine form at the moment. Well, we are all set and ready to go. A very noisy Tynecastle is about to fall silent. But can Rangers make it above Celtic into the top of the tree with three points this afternoon? Or can Hearts move above Rangers into second place? A huge three points at stake. We're about to fall silent here for a minute. Silence at Tynecastle. But after that, we are set for a noisy 90 minutes. Hearts versus Rangers about to kick off here at Tynecastle in the Scottish Premiership. 
Full time at Tynecastle. Let's get the story with Ronnie and Alex. Full time, Hearts 1, Rangers 2. Ten men Rangers go top of the table after a hard-fought win after Scott Arfield was sent off in the second half. The first real chances fell the way of Hearts. A great double save by McGregor. First from a header from McLean and then from Jim to tip the ball over. But Hearts started well. A chance for Rangers up the other end. Mitchell lost out. Candace fed the ball to Morelos superbly, but the Colombian couldn't get his shot away. And then Hearts took a deserved lead. Good build-up play meant Godinho was free on the right-hand side. He whipped the ball in. McCauley couldn't do anything but turn the ball into his own net to give Hearts the lead. Azaria had a header from a corner that was cleared superbly off the line by Zoom. But then the Rangers' pressure came and the goal came for Rangers. A corner can, uh, it was a ball in. Goldson was there to bundle the ball home to level things up in the capital. And then just before the second half, Rangers got the lead. Tavernier with a free kick, Morelos with a first-time shot, guided it past the keeper, it may have been offside, but Rangers took a 2-1 lead into the half-time. Second half was an absolute battle, but not many clear-cut opportunities. Gresda had the best chance, his shot was well blocked by Godinho. Morelos then had an opportunity after a breakaway, Azaria with the ball in, but the Colombian couldn't get it towards goal. Then a real flashpoint, a red card for Scott Arfield, an extremely late challenge on Bobby Zlamal after he collected the ball. Referee Bobby Marin, no hesitations and quite rightly showed the midfielder a red card. Rangers though had one last opportunity, Macaulay free at the back post from a corner but he couldn't divert his header goalwards. Rangers defended superbly, Hearts were toothless in front of goal. Full time at Tynecastle, Hearts won, Rangers 2 Alec Ray this had everything. Yeah absolutely, it was breathtaking Ronnie, Rangers for the first 25 minutes did not come out of the box at all, Hearts were on the front foot, Rangers responded brilliantly to get the two goals just before half time and the second half I have to say Rangers weathered everything that Hearts had to throw which was actually not a great deal to be honest they could have extended the lead Ronnie they managed the game brilliantly after Arfield silly gets sent off in 70 minutes or so but you have to say Rangers are playing to the top of the table and thoroughly deserve their win today Rangers win the battle at Tynecastle they sit at the summit of the Premiership full time in the capital Hearts 1 Rangers 2 Hugh Keevans the nature of those celebrations suggest yeah. that Rangers their players fans and management buy into the symbolism of going top absolutely they've been a club in the wilderness for eight years they have suffered humiliation at the hands of Celtic when they have played them they have watched Celtic dominate the league here for seven seasons they are going for eight in a row Celtic their fans crave ten in a row Steven Gerrard was brought here with one specific purpose in mind to stop ten in a row for Rangers to be top, whether it's for a day, a week, a month, however long, for Rangers to be top is a massive thing for their supporters. And the reaction from Steven Gerrard, remember a man who spent 18 years at the highest level of English football, who has won the Champions League in the most dramatic fashion imaginable. His reaction at full time told me everything that I need to know that Steven Gerrard is here for one purpose and that is to stop Celtic the rest of it Europe doesn't matter what a dramatic afternoon of football this is going to be reaction from an interesting afternoon at Tynecastle and the small matter of a Scottish League Cup final coming next the winning team all season long 
Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson and Gordon DL Join me, Gordon Duncan, in the studio A big afternoon of Scottish football is already well underway We know who Scotland will face in Euro 2020 qualification We know the Rangers are top of the table After beating Hearts 2-1 at Tynecastle. Now the next question to be answered Who will lift the League Cup at Hamden later on this afternoon? Alison Conroy and Jim Duffy are at the National Stadium Let's get the team news Yep, the first silverware of the season up for grabs here at Hampton this afternoon. Can Celtic keep that treble treble dream alive? Or are Aberdeen the ones to end that run? It is just one change for Celtic this afternoon. Scott Bain coming in in goal. It will then be Mikael Lustig, Dedrick Bayata, Philip Benkovic and Kieran Tierney. In front of them, Ryan Christie, Tom Rogic and Callum McGregor. Then it was Scott Sinclair and James Forrest with Odson Edward up top. On the bench for Celtic, it will be Gordon, Simonovic, Brown, Griffiths, Gamboa, Hayes and Cham. For Aberdeen, two changes. Joe Lewis in goal. The back four of Shea Logan, Scott McKenna, Andrew Considine and Max Lowe. In front of them, Don Ball and Graham Shinney. Then it's now again at Lewis Ferguson and Gary Mackay-Steven with Sam Cosgrove starting as the lone striker. On the bench, Tierney, Gleeson, Wilson, Wright, May, Anderson and McLennan. And your referee this afternoon at Hamden is Andrew Dallas. Jim Duffy, we'll look at these two teams. First of all, for Celtic, Scott Brown fit, but has to settle for a place on the bench. Yeah, you would never have thought that uh, when a fully fit Scott Brown's available, he wouldn't have been in that starting lineup for Celtic, um, it was unthinkable a few months ago and uh, obviously he's been the captain to, to pick up those six trophies uh, over the last two years and uh, also with, with uh, Olivia and Cham as well, yeah. and you know they, they'd formed a fantastic partnership but the, the form of uh, Christie and McGregor in particular um, you know, obviously you know, there'll be a lot of debate whether that's right or not but you know, Celtic went away to Norway midweek, had a terrific result um, and obviously Brendan Rodgers went, well not quite the same again, Scott Bain in, but mm-hmm. t- in terms of the outfield players, um, he sees no need to change. Uh, no need to change it. And also, if you look at the quality of the bench, what a bench that is! I think every other club in the land would be envious, envious of that. And the one that surprised both of us for Aberdeen is that Derek McInnes has opted to start Sam Cosgrove as a lone striker. Yeah, as a bit of a surprise. I think we're surprised the Aberdeen fans as well. I thought James Wilson would have got the nod. He's he's quick. He's mobile. He's certainly got ability. It's not, you know, I'm not saying he's he's he's, he's clicked to the gear that you would expect. There's been moments in, ga- in games he's had cameo moments where he's been absolutely terrific. But Cosgrove's a different type of player. He's a big, powerful young player, target man. I just don't know how that can work for Aberdeen. I can't see him out muscling uh, Boyata or Benkovic. Uh, he's certainly not going to run away from him. He does give them a bit of presence at set pieces. We know Aberdeen will look to stifle Celtic and then try and capitalise in set pieces. But uh, I thought maybe the mobility and the pace of Wilson might have been a better option. But listen, Derek McInnes has went with that. He'll really be looking at Gary Mackay, Stephen. Yeah. He, he's, the, he's been the one player who has played at a real high level in the forward areas. Because although Aberdeen have got here, I was at the quarter-final game against uh, Hibs, <laughs> you know, how they get through that, I'll never know, but they did in penalties against Rangers, Rangers dominated the match but they had one great chance from a set-piece and scored so they've got to the cup final, maybe maybe some people might say by default but they're here now and they've got you know, a, chan- a chance to go and get the second piece of silverware under Derek McInnes' reign. It is a three o'clock kick-off here at Hamden for this first major final of the season Gordon, that one change for Celtic and two for Aberdeen. 
Hugh Keevans, what an afternoon it's going to be at the National Stadium. The first piece of silverware of the season is up for grabs. Celtic yeah. going for a seventh consecutive domestic trophy under Brendan Rodgers. Quite incredible to think they have never lost a cup game under Brendan Rodgers. And as for Aberdeen, what more incentive do you need to upset all the odds? Not many giving Aberdeen a chance to go there and lift the League Cup for the second time under Derek McInnes. Well, First of all, Brendan Rodgers' record is testimony to Celtic's consistency under his management. Second of all, I repeat, I think this is the too-good-to-be-true final for Celtic. They are playing it. If you told them at the start of the season, look, you've been in the Betfred Cup final, going for your seventh trophy in a row, and you play a team who are not in the top six in the league, which is what Aberdeen are, the seventh in the league. They are also relying, uh, as Jim Duffy has highlighted, on Gary Mackay-Steven, someone who couldn't make it at Celtic Park. And Brendan Rodgers acknowledged that and let him go. Their best player is 19 years of age, Lewis Ferguson. And away from home this season, in the league, Aberdeen have played seven times and they've scored a total of six goals. They don't even average a goal a game away from home. So for me... For Celtic to lose the final today, they will not have to have a bad day. They will have to have an appalling day that to said, lose this final. That said, Jim Duffy, Aberdeen have beaten uh, Hibs and Rangers to get here. They deserve to be here. Yeah, of course, Hugh's right. The league form clearly hasn't been great. A real disappointment away at Motherwell last week. But they, they're, they're here for a reason. They, they make these finals regularly. And that's because they deserve it. Yeah, I mean, the one thing about Dan McInnes, he knows how to dig out a result. You know, he gets his team organised. I mean, they don't have the flair, they don't have the firepower they've had in, in recent years. And, and, and that's understandable. You know, good players are wanting to move on and they have moved on. Um, but, you know, they've went to Easter Road and as I said, a clean sheet I was hit the game but I said I don't know how they have missed so many chances and then they won in penalty and then again they've come down to Hamden you know and a Rangers side playing well full of confidence everyone thought they would they would uh, they would get to the final it'd be an old firm final but that wasn't the case so you know they've, they've came and they've upset the odds in, in, in at least two occasions so far in this tournament but I'm with you I think Celtic would have to have a real off day uh, you know in, in so many ways they're better than Aberdeen you know they don't lose goals Celtic they've got so much imagination in midfield that they can score goals from just about anywhere on the pitch and as I said and also their choices to change things round uh, you know are, are fantastic options and Aberdeen are going to rely on say, Celtic having that off day and just being resilient hanging on in there and waiting to see if they can capitalise in, in, in whatever you know few chances they, they, they manage to um, have in the game We now know of course Jim Duffy that Scott Brown doesn't play were you one who always thought this would be the case or were you like Gordon DL absolutely adamant that he would start this afternoon no no I thought he would start on uh, Thursday I must admit I thought he would start on Thursday away uh, and join them but uh, and, then, and then I thought he would be left out today because I think <laughs> Brendan Rodgers will know they're going to dominate the ball today and Callum McGregor has been immense in that role in starting the play and uh, you know and, and building up and, and playing those forward passes and I mean, know Scott Brown's been fantastic for Celtic uh, but it gives him as I said he's more of a leader in, in his leadership qualities he still passes the ball well but maybe not as incisive as someone like Callum McGregor but 
I'll be interested to see Aberdeen's tactics as I mentioned I think that a couple of weeks ago when we were at Livingston we saw Livingston pretty much man-marking Callum McGregor to try and stifle Celtic's build-up play I think Aberdeen might do something similar today you know because I think that if, if they sit off him and allow him to dictate play then with the, the, the players in front of him and uh, you know in the, this expansive magnificent pitch here at Hamden then I think it'll be too much for Aberdeen The big piece of team news from Aberdeen is the absence of Michael Devlin Jim uh, Clearly a real disappointment for the player himself and for Aberdeen because I know Derek McInnes was very keen to get him back fit. He's not made it. Yeah, I mean, I think Devlin and McKenna look a right good partnership in the making. They've just, you know, they've been, for one reason or another, one of them's been missing at times and they just can't quite seem to, to get a good run of games together. But I think that'll be a... I mean, McKenna, I think, will probably move in the summer. But for the rest of this season, I think that, um, you know, that, that could be a formidable defensive partnership. And that, that's what Aberdeen have the base everything on. I mean, Constantine will go in there. He prefers to play in there. Um, Lowe's, you know, going to have his hands full with Forest, there's no doubt about that in the left hand side um, but yeah it's, it is a blow there's no doubt you want to come to the biggest games with all your top players available and uh, for Aberdeen um, Mikey Devlin is definitely going to be a miss Let's hear from Brendan Rodgers and Derek McInnes let's start with the Celtic boss on the form uh, of, of late It's a game that you know we love playing at Hamden the pitch suits us it's a nice big pitch the level of our game we couldn't be going into the game in a, in a, in a better way I would say over the course of even the, the couple of years when we've gone into the, the you know the first league cup final, I would say this is the best level of performance. Probably because we've been together a bit longer and uh, and the players have gained confidence having won trophies. So so yeah, we go into it. We'll prepare for a tough game, of course, but our aim is to win. Yeah, but, but like I say, they're, they're accustomed to it. You know, every game is a big game for for Celtic. We just recover well, and I think it's always important. We, we know we we want to win every game we play. So it's my job always to, to to try and relax the mind and make sure that we're focusing on our performance, really. So, uh, so it'll be the same, same idea for the weekend. What about Derek McInnes then? Because Celtic have clearly dominated cup competitions recently. They are very fond of playing at Hamden. But the Aberdeen boss actually thinks that familiarity of the national stadium can help his team. You know, I always remember Sir Alex saying to me after we'd lost, uh, I remember the 3 nothing game in Celtic and we spoke. Um, and he said that, it's only by revisiting the surroundings and familiarity that players start to feel at home and, and more, be more capable of delivering a performance. Um, he said he had umpteen international players, players who'd played four or five hundred games at top flight, um, didn't turn up in a final. And um, he says sometimes it can happen, but by revisiting them, you get for, more familiar with your surroundings. I feel we, we are that. I think it's helped us being here so often in the last wee while. It doesn't give you any guarantees, it doesn't give you any real advantage on the grey because you've still got to do all the things we spoke about, but I, th I certainly think it doesn't do any harm. Even my players involved with the national team recently, training here every day, or a few, a few days, and being involved in a couple of positive results recently as well. You know, McKenna, Shinny, Devlin briefly, Gary McKay-Stevens. Jim Duffy, um, Derek McInnes builds a good case there His Aberdeen squad are now in a place where they've been to Hamden numerous times Some of them on international duty as well uh, the, the problem with that factor is is They're still not as experienced as, as Celtic are in that regard I don't know, I think it comes down to experience It's simply quality on the day You know, and, and, and Aberdeen aren't as good a side as Celtic I mean, the league positions say that the, You know, the, the fact of Celtic's uh, record Not just in the cup competition, but domestically You know, <laughs> everything, everything is stacked against Aberdeen There's no doubt about that you know, 
know, just uh, you know the, the goals for Thomas Hugh mentioned there, six goals away from home, and uh, you know uh, to, to, to beat a team like Celtic, you know you have to be able to have a threat. And as I said, for me, it's really about the belief of the Aberdeen players. Uh, yeah, you can be familiar with the surroundings, you can be, you know, you know, c come to this place now and, and, and not be fearful if you want to say that. But they've got to understand that when they look at that team sheet and they're thinking, how do we beat Celtic? And um, you know, and Derek McInnes has got to. <laughs> Derek McInnes' is, 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 um, job as a manager is to convince his players, but that is a very, very difficult task for Derek because you know the players themselves will be looking and thinking, right, we've got to stay in this game, we've got to keep it tight, we've got to nullify Celtic, and that's really all they can think about and hope as I said, that um, you know Celtic have one of those days where it doesn't go, where Joe Lewis is a fantastic day, and uh, you know, if, if, if there's an error or a, you know, um, something that goes their way, whether it's a, a mistake from a Celtic player or, 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 or a, a benefit from a refereeing decision, whatever, they've got to be ready to take advantage of that. Celtic have bad days I mean, I think back to Livingston where I stood here and said in the studio they could play all day and sure enough they played all day and couldn't score and left points behind uh, but Derek McInnes mentioned Sir Alex there and Sir Alex likes a wee bet let there be no doubt about that and if you gave Sir Alex a free bet today I know who he'd back and it wouldn't be Aberdeen Is the problem with that argument perhaps though Hugh that the, the type of off day Celtic had at Livingston is just extremely unlikely to happen on a big open perfect pitch yeah, like Hamden uh, yeah Brendan Rogers spoke earlier of his liking for Hamden because of that big open pitch I repeat Celtic would not need to have a bad day to lose this final they would need to have an appalling day because if you stifle McGregor Forrest will get you if you stifle Forrest Christie will get you if you stifle Christie, Rogic will get you. So, if you stifle a lot of them, Edward will get you. So, that the Celtic have so much strength. And then there's that bench that Jim spoke about. You know, you've only got a four and a half million pounds former Manchester City player there in Olivia and Sham. You've only got your 10-year-long captain, Scott Brown. You've only got your 100-and-odd goal scorer, Lee Griffiths. So, for me... You're playing a team who are seventh in the league, not even in the top six in, the, in their own domestic league, and who can't even field their strongest side because Mikey Devlin can't make it. I can understand why James Wilson's not playing. He was so bad last week at Motherwell, they took him off at half time. Gordon, the Aberdeen um, media and such like have, have been doing their research to try and find out a reason why Aberdeen are going to win this afternoon. Would you like to know what it. they've come up with? First of all, since Derek McInnes mm. took over, every time they've lost to Motherwell, they've won the next game. Okay. Right? Mm. Now, in the League Cup, when Alex Ferguson won it, Jim Leighton was the goalkeeper, kept a clean sheet right through the competition. In 2014, when they won it, Jamie Langfield was the goalkeeper and kept a clean sheet right through the competition. Mm. Now this year, Joe Lewis, same initials, clean sheet so far. Alison, oh, it's the initials. So, that, so it's the initials wow. and the fact it's a clean sheet. So that's, that's what they are going with this Alison, season. you'll be convinced on the back of that. I know the way you're yeah, easily Hugh, swayed. Hugh, Hugh, Hugh's sold uh, now, Al isn't he? Alison, <laughs> this is what's known in the trade as waffle. <laughs> I thought you were talking well, about it. We're on about a motivating team talk. You know, Denny McKenzie, if they do it, just to put that, say, listen, we've yeah. got a goal with GL, mm -hmm. as you 
individuals as clean sheets for a certainty you can just imagine the, I mean <laughs> Joe, the Joe, Joe do you realise you have the same initials as Jim Wayne uh, Jim, du- the same legs. <laughs> Jim Duffy what about overall this cup record for Celtic under Brendan Rodgers played 21 121 I mean they've, they've scored 67 goals and conceded there's seven a, now. There's an appropriate number, isn't it? Sixty-seven. Yeah, I mean, yeah. listen. Of course, there is a there is a side of this where you say, well, do you know what? Celtic should dominate in Scotland because they're the biggest and they're the best team at the moment, yeah. and, and that should happen. But how hard is it to to guard against never having one of those off days in the cup so far? Because we've seen it over the years. Mark Wilson was yeah. a part of it. Yeah. Sorry to, to remind you, like that there are times in cups when yeah. when shocks happen and things don't go your way. So t- yeah. t- to God win 21 cup ties, was celebrating uh, exactly. one just not just. A, a week or so ago wasn't he so you know that does I happen I forgot about that yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I'm, sure there, I'm sure there's a celebration somewhere Gordon but uh, no I think that it happens you know it doesn't happen very often as, as the, that points out but you know the record that Brendan Rodgers has you know I mean over three goals a game 21 win, I mean it's just it's phenomenal because generally speaking you do have a bad day and uh, you know one, one of those times you'll have an off day or a decision goes against you you got a player red cardy that apparently has, something will go against you in 20 21 games but from Celtic no matter what's come up against them they've managed to overcome it but they, they are a very very good side and uh, as I said and you know maybe maybe a couple of months ago Aberdeen you know although they weren't fanning all cylinders but maybe I thought wait a minute they're, they're, they're off the pace a little bit they're not playing that well they, they did a little bit low in conference but in the last couple of months I've turned it completely around and I just can't see in but a, a relatively comfortable victory for Celtic the, the thing is though they can't be complacent we're all in agreement here that Celtic are by far the favourites and been terrific but like you say Gordon I was at the club in the semi-final against Ross County and sat on the bench huge upset I was at the club when Kilmarnock beat us in in the final huge upset again so although the odds are stacked highly in your favour you can't take anything for granted so Celtic have got to start the way that they they've started previous games and, and they can't give Aberdeen any signs of encouragement, especially Gary Mackay, Stephen, and Ferguson, because guys like that will, will, will grow as the game goes on. But if Celtic start fast, if they start aggressive, like Brendan Rodgers is always talking about, then they'll be fine. But the start is the all important thing because in those games I'm talking about, Celtic did not start well. I know Hooper missed a, a glorious opportunity in that Kilmarnock game, but did not start well in possession of the ball, and it was all a bit flat. Celtic can't afford that this afternoon after after watching them at Fir Park uh, Gordon and I know a cup final is completely different because the players are built for it it's a final I worry you the fact that I don't know where the goals are going to come from from Aberdeen they're, they're, they're powder puff for me Wilson, May and Cosgrove the three recognised strikers have got five between, between them, them in all competitions yeah that's an Aberdeen side that you would think that you would have a goal scorer that was in double figures just now but I just don't see it. I think they'll be very hard to break down. They defend well. But watching them at Motherwell, there were no fight. There was no passion about them. They weren't a threat. Motherwell were terrific that day. I can't stack a case for Aberdeen today. Okay, we're going to continue building up to that League Cup final and we'll hear from the likes of Stephen Gerrard and Craig Levine next. The fastest goals, the expert opinions. This is Clyde One and Clyde Two Super Scoreboard. It's League Cup final day. Hugh Evans, Mark Wilson, and Gordon Diel are here with me. Gordon Duncan, Jim Duffy's alongside Alison Conroy at Hamden for Celtic against Aberdeen, and we've already had some league action as well. Where Hearts uh, couldn't 
Make anything of their advantage 10-man Rangers winning 2-1 at Tynecastle To send Rangers top of the table We'll hear from Stephen Gerrard And Craig Levine very soon uh, Let's go back to Hamden and, and, and speak to Jim Duffy Looking ahead to that one With all this um, attention given to Scott Brown's omission Jim, it's a real vote of confidence For guys like Ryan Christie um, and, and Callum McGregor Now obviously they, they've had a lot of praise They deserve it But they've now got the club captain sitting there waiting for his chance and Brendan Rodgers has kept them in today yeah I mean again but top clubs that's what it's about it's competition um, people call it rotation now uh, when Daz and, and Matt were there you were dropped you know <laughs> now, now you can get away with it I've just been rotated um, but um, you know the these type of players are terrific players. You know, you're not leaving Scott Brown out for a poor player or a guy that's, you know, not playing anywhere near his bed. These guys are playing their best football of their career. Um, the team's winning. You know, they're scoring goals and everyone seems to be on the same page. So, you know, from that point of view, it's still a difficult decision because, as I said, Scott Brown has been immense for for um, you know uh, Brendan Rodgers, and I'm sure it would have been a difficult decision today. But, you know, he's also aware, Scott, that you know if he's in the team and he's playing well. Then he wouldn't want to be left out. So you know, you just have to wait your chance. And a club like Celtic, you know, well, you know, there's so many big games, you will get his chance again. But uh, while well, well, they're looking over their shoulder, those players know they've had to perform at the same standard. And that I think that's what's driving Celtic onto the performances they've had recently. That they're looking at that bench, seeing the likes of Cham, Griffiths, and uh, Brown, and thinking, I can't drop my standards at all here. If I'm if I'm anywhere near uh, dropping the pace, then these guys will come in, and I might not get another, I might not get another shot. Jim, could I just introduce a primitive note here? You're from Maryhill. I was born in Partick. You know the score. For Rangers to go top of the league and Celtic to lose a cup final on the same day would be regarded as a cataclysmic happening for the Celtic supporters. It would be a day of uh, you know national celebration and a bit government, that's for sure. Yeah. They'd be looking up for a public holiday. But um, yeah, I mean listen, it was brilliant for Rangers today. And I think it's great for the game that you know Rangers can go to Tyne Castle, not play well in the first half hour. I watched the second half, I was listening to you guys uh, on the way over and watched the second half and then turn that around just before half time. And then, you know, as you know they were they were terrific in the second half um, protecting um, Alan McGregor and uh, you know, I think it's it's a fantastic result yep. uh, for Rangers. I think that shows that they are learning, and Stephen Gerrard's learning about going to places like Ten Castle and having to dig out a result. And to go top of the league is outstanding for Rangers. I think the the fans, no matter what happens today, will be rightfully pleased and yep. uh, you know, in a really good positive frame of mind. It and and it, you know, we know it's a big month for Rangers. There's no doubt about that. But they've started it well. And in a primitive tribalistic way, it's a boost for Celtic because. Brendan Rodgers, although he is a man who thinks about the bigger picture, he knows the domestic rivalry and he knows that he cannot come off that park without Celtic having won the trophy because for Rangers to go top and Celtic to lose a, a cup final on the same day, he knows that that would be a disaster in the eyes of the Celtic supporters. So it's another incentive for Celtic while you're right to acknowledge that Rangers go into the top of the league there's a competition for you. Get on with it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, again, from uh, you know Celtic's point of view, they know that if they, if they don't win today, um, you know, the headlines, as much as Aberdeen will take a lot of them, won't, won't be as much as Rangers getting the uh, top of the league, but they'll take the headlines away from Rangers, you know, if, if they win. And that, and that Rangers probably don't get the, uh, you know, the, the plaudits or maybe get the publicity that their fans might, might have wished for. But, uh, listen, their fans won't be too bald just now. I think Rangers fans will be delighted, uh, as I said, going to Ten Castle, a goal down, showing real character, real strength. Not but at their best, and uh, you know I heard Gordon as well. You know that, that there's one or two players I still think, you know, they're, they're a little bit short in one or two areas. But what they have got now is a bit of resilience, a bit of desire, and um, you know, and I think that's an important quality to have. But Celtic today, I've just got the quality, and I think that's always the thing that's going to win them more games and win them more titles and, and, and trophies. Is that quality? They've got more quality than anyone else by a country mile, really. I think our level and coming to you, we've always. You know, try to prepare it. You know, our mind to to come here and play well. So over the last few years, that that's been important for us. And I think coming back to to here again is always a a good memory for us because uh, the level and nature of our game. So um, no, that's always the pitch is really good here. It's always a great atmosphere for the the semi-finals and finals that we've been involved in. And uh, like we say, we hope to uh, to take that next step and and win another another trophy. I think we we, we respect that. It's a big game, you know, finals and semi-finals are the big occasions, but you have to play the game. And like I say, we play in lots of big games. So I think we've come into here, you know, both teams want to win the game, but we know when we play well, we have a better chance of, of winning. So, uh, so that'll be our idea. Derek McInnes has lifted the league up as manager of Aberdeen back in 2014. He was asked about the need for Aberdeen to be lifting trophies. It is important, but it's no easy. Um, I think... Prior to coming in, I think we'd only won maybe one trophy in 20 odd years, maybe. So that suggests it's, it's well, it's important, it's no easy. And um, at least now we're giving ourselves a chance. No other club out with Celtic have been in more semi finals or finals than us or competed in Europe as much as us in recent seasons. I'm proud of that. Uh, I'm proud of my team now for getting ourselves in a position to, 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 uh, to get to another cup final. Are we even prouder if we can get the result and get the trophy that, that we all want? So um, I think it, we're capable of winning the trophy. Um, I felt that at the start of the season, when the season, when the, the cup competition started, and I feel it every much now that we can win this game on Sunday. Jim Duffy, how do you instil that belief within an Aberdeen team who have sat back and watched Celtic be dominant in the hand and who have lost twice in, in successive finals to them in Brendan Rodgers' first season? It's all well and good sort of saying these things. What can you draw on to, to make the players believe it? Well, you draw on your, your last couple of results. I mean, as I, as I mentioned, even though they maybe not played or dominated the games, they've went to Easter Road and they've went to Hamden and beaten Rangers. So, you know, he's got to be using that, uh, you know, information, if you want to call it, and, uh, you know, to, to his players to, just to reinforce, listen, yeah, OK, well, we're underdogs going to Easter Road, but we're underdogs going down to Hamden um, against our resurgent Rangers, but we managed to come away with that one with two clean sheets and uh, you know enough to, to, to um, get over the line and they don't mind if it's a they'll be hoping it's a scrappy game today and they can nick a bit as I said there's different ways of winning football matches and Derek has managed to, to find a way and listen he's lost top players and it's very difficult for Aberdeen or any club but if you keep losing those players to replace them the same quality or a better quality because you always want to improve so to get a better quality I mean, listen we just saw a goal last night from a 24 million 
million pound player, James Madison, which was you know they're talking about Gaza and all these kind of things. So it was Aberdeen, uh, you know, 18 months ago or so. You know, you, you you lose lose top players and it's hard to replace. But I think using the the semi final, um, you know, experience going to playing against you know one of the major teams in, in Scottish football and Rangers and winning that game against all the odds, I think they say, listen, we can do this again. We can win this again. We no one gives us a chance. Everyone thinks this is going to be a canter for Celtic. We can upset that, and, and that's what he's got to do: be an underdog. And you know they're all saying about every underdog has his day. And you know that there are times, as, you, as Matt mentioned there, the likes of Ross County, the likes of Wraith Rovers. There are times when it happens. It doesn't happen too often, but it could be one of those days. It would be almost unfair to pick out one Celtic player as being the main man. You, you could say Forrest, but you could equally say Christie or McGregor yeah. or you know or um, Edouard. But what about for Aberdeen? Is it? Is it realistically, in an attacking sense, how much responsibility on Gary McKay-Stevens' shoulders? Yeah, I mean, there is because he's the most creative spark. I mean, now McGinn's come back. He hasn't really found the level of performance that he did before he went away. Um, you know, I'm with, I'm with Hugh. I think Lewis Ferguson's a terrific talent. Um, you know, he's, he's got physicality. He scored that goal for the header in the same effect. I mean, he, he can be a threat set piece. He's got a little bit about him. You know, he's got to watch himself just to get caught in the game too much because he can at times be a wee bit right but a terrific footballer a, a great great potential uh, so I, I think that um, yeah in an attacking threat Ferguson make, will make runs from midfield he'll try and get into the box uh, but Gary Mackay Stevens. but listen if he plays in the right he knows that Kieran Tierney he's going to be bombing on all day so what is his priority is his priority to get at him and try and get him in the back foot or is it to stay with him and that's always the danger when you play Celtic because your wide guys have got a job to do which is to track uh, if, if it was me today I might be tempted to play Mackay Stevens over Lustig side because I don't think he's quite the threat going forward as, um, as, as obviously Tierney is and I think McGinn can maybe do a, a bit more of an experienced job tracking him so I might be a wee bit tempted I don't know, think that'll happen but it's something I think I might have been a wee bit tempted to do Some explosive comments coming from Craig Levine after that game at Tynecastle Station for them first though Stephen Gerrard Very important, yeah, big win um, First win against a big rival away from home so um, I'm sure the boys will take a lot of confidence and belief from this victory but I think the emotion at the end comes from the fact that you, you know, you, you finish the the last periods of the game with, with ten men again, so the job becomes even more difficult. So to get over the line, it meant that a little bit more. Why Sunday afternoon, Stephen? Always, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did you make of it? I mean, uh, uh, look, look, he's late. He, look, he's late. He's late. He knows he's late. Um, I've got no complaints over it. But what I would say is Scott's not a dirty player. You, you know, we're not a dirty team. Although we just keep getting red cards and red cards. Um, so Scott sees that he's got it in one hand and decides to go for it. By the time he actually arrives at the keeper, the keeper's got it in two hands, so he's late. And you, you, you get your punishments, it is what it is. But Scott's been outstanding for us and I can certainly back him in terms of he hasn't got one violent bone in his body. He's a, he's a top professional. Even after that red card, I mean, you still showed that calmness, but then that determination... Well, we've done it before. <laughs> We're getting used to it, you know. <laughs> We're getting used to playing with, with ten men. We're actually getting quite good at it. Um, not that I want it to happen in the future, but um, we've had enough rehearsals to do it with ten men, so it was no surprise to me that the lads dug in and, um, and we got there. But credit to Hearts, they never went away. You know, Craig Levine's teams, they, they fight till the end, and... I'm sure they've seen it as a fantastic opportunity when we went down to 10, but 
uh, a lot of teams have experienced that against us and, and, and we've come up strong Alex Ray still with us at Tynecastle no complaints says Stephen Gerrard about the red card no I don't think anyone in their right mind could complain about it it was a mile late Gordon I was surprised really because the keeper clearly had it in his grasp and uh, he actually gave the other 10 players uh, you know, a bit of a problem because it allowed Hearts to get more of the ball where Rangers were dominant at that period you know. but Stephen Gerrard right what he said it's a massive win particularly on the road gives them confidence and belief getting into some really tough ties I think they've got Aberdeen in midweek as well so all this bodes well for Rangers and if you can't take confidence you come into places like this one of your rivals and taking the maximum points going to the top of the table this is a, this was the, the definitive mo- uh, month Gordon in terms of the fixtures coming up so they started it particularly well so they have to continue with that uh, Hugh Keevan, sometimes we're a bit hard on ourselves We act as if we're the only ones who have these problems All this yeah. talk about celebrating and laps of honour People uh, not being able to contain themselves In the North London Derby Spurs yeah. have just scored All 22 players And both dugouts and backroom staff And everyone is down by the corner flag Having a yeah. barney I don't really yeah, know Yeah, well, Maurizio Pochettino uh, has gone down to try And uh, help matters But it's unruly Uh it will be the subject of a, an inquiry after the game. All that Eric Dyer, the goal scorer, has done uh, has been to put his finger to his lips in the usual keep quiet gesture. But unfortunately today, that's enough to spark all manner of trouble. Uh, so it's a shocking scene. Uh, the goalkeeper, the... Arsenal goalkeeper's badly at fault and <laughs> he's getting away with it here because mm. all the talk will be of uh, the fight that came thereafter. Mm. But yeah, you're right to highlight the fact that it's not purely a Scottish mm. phenomenon. Anyway, back to the big league. We're going to bring you Craig Levine very soon indeed. He's not happy. Um, the reason it's taking so long is because it's taking quite a bit of editing to get rid oh. of some naughty words, <laughs> I think, is why, why we can't quite bring you uh, just yet. He's not happy at all with the referee Bobby Madden's display after the 2-1 defeat to Rangers. Well, let me tell you this. I haven't heard it. I've no idea what comes up. But let me tell you this. He's attempting to deflect away from a very poor Hearts performance. They had the first 25 minutes of the game Rangers scored the goal for them uh, And then they were hopeless And it's still kicking off all over the place At the Emirates That's Because there's a penalty to Spurs as well yes. Right, okay, we'll take a breath We are going to hear from Craig Levine And of course the final build-up The big build-up to the League Cup final Coming next Scottish football's lead leader This is Clyde 1 And Clyde 2 Super Scoreboard Just over 15 minutes until kick-off In the League Cup final Celtic up against Aberdeen Hugh Evans, Mark Wilson uh, And Gordon DL are here with me Gordon Duncan in the studio Jim Duffy and Alison Conroy are watching on at Hamden uh, Alex Ray I think is still with us at Tynecastle You've not been chucked out yet? No, not at all not Must at be all. soon though Looking forward to Levine's uh, post-match Okay, let's do it then, shall we? Because we're going to give you the big build-up to the League Cup final Let's hear from Craig Levine first and foremost listen carefully I read a quote from Neil Lennon a few weeks ago when they went to Celtic Park he was in the Celtic Park and he said that we were playing against 12 men that's how I feel today how Morelos stays on the park never mind does it gets through that without a booking I will never know I mean some of the decisions today were abysmal Austin phoned John Fleming a while ago because we lost with three goals that were given against us that were offside and because the linesman made mistakes and John Fleming suggested that we held the line on the 18-yard line to make it easier for his officials. <laughs> so we did that today, and he still f- got it wrong. <laughs> that's 13 we were playing against. 
And the good thing is, Neil Lennon didn't get any punishment. So the referee was abysmal, and we were playing against 12 men. That's my view on it. It's a point, unless he's got a time machine and can go back and fix his mistakes. But he had loads of fouls, he was not even watching the ball. He just jumps into the centre backs. There's one he smashed Christoph, and, and Bobby said to one of your players, Oh, it's just Morelos, he's a bit silly sometimes. I'm going to tell our players to be silly because you didn't get booked for being silly. Eh? That, was a, that was an abysmal performance. Craig, and actually, the funny thing is, he said before the game, he, he came in and warned us that we're not allowed to look at uh, any reviews of any situations that have happened in the match and then complain to him that something was wrong. And I actually asked him, I said, well, the fact that you're warning us, does that mean you're planning on making loads of mistakes today? And he laughed. <laughs> no wonder he was laughing, eh? Well, uh, you know, I'd imagine that uh, in spite of what he says about Neil Lennon, uh, Craig Levine will get punished for that because uh, Rangers have just been served a uh, notice of punishment because of their comments about will he call him and underlying issues it all depends on the wording doesn't it because it, oh, let, let's not get bogged down too much in that side of it if that happens that yeah, happens well yeah but it's kind of hard to avoid it given what the manager yeah. said However, yeah but uh, you could you could interpret playing against 12 men and that the referee was just really bad rather than that he was deliberately doing it and that's where implying bias gets you into bola I do think that it is a form of deflection I think hearts were very poor and when it was 11 Hartsmen v 10 of Rangers they became even poorer uh, so I think that's his frustration coming out I think it's a, a, a tactic to deflect away from his team's unsatisfactory performance uh, the one thing he didn't mention ironically maybe he'll do it later is the Morelos goal which is clearly offside now no he we, did mention that he did we are uh, in the position here of being able to see the North London derby and the referee is given Spurs a penalty that simply does not exist he's given a phantom penalty so mistakes are made in Scotland and in England and in all parts of the world that's what happens at top level football but I do think that what he said about the referee parts of it may very well be true there may very well have been laughable comments made pre-match by Bobby Madden but I think the overall impression I get is that this is a tactic to deflect away from a very poor performance. Alex Ray, let's go through it bit by bit. Let's start with, with the Morelos goal. Craig Levine mentions you know holding the line and it not working because the, the assistant got it wrong. That that would be a valid complaint, wouldn't it, having seen the, the footage and the still images back? Yeah, 100%, Gordon. If, you, uh, if you're trying to hold a really good line and two or three Rangers players run offside, particularly the one that scores, you, you would feel aggrieved. So from that point of view, he has got a, a genuine complaint. To suggest that you know they were playing against 12 or 13 men, I'm not sure. But as you said, there was a mistake the other night for me in the, the European game. There was there's mistakes every week, but it doesn't help Craig Levine's frustration. In terms of the Morelos incident as well, I thought it was a brilliant battle by him and Berra throughout the whole game. So to, to pick out one and say he's backing in and things, I'm not really seeing where the actual where the, the bookings would come from that, because the two of them were bang at it all afternoon. I thoroughly enjoyed that tussle. Um, but again, I agree with you in terms of he is deflecting away. That's the last six games, five defeats and a loss. He's deflecting away from the main issue. They were not at the races for an hour of that game, Gordon, just over an hour. The first 25 minutes, plenty of credit. Two hearts, I thought they were excellent. They got at Rangers. After Rangers started to imply, apply some pressure, they were not at the races, I think it was 70 minutes where Arfield, give or take, uh, and they never 
laid a glove on Alan McGregor's goal. For me, they didn't do enough. Tactically, they never got it right. They never got used the numerical uh, advantage to overturn uh, the 2-1 uh, lead that Rangers had. And it just huffed and puffed all afternoon. So I can understand his frustration. Uh, Jim Duffy, before we turn our attentions to League Cup final, uh, your thoughts on what you've just yeah. heard from Craig Levine? Yeah, I mean, I think he will, um, you know, have to, um, you know, get built in front of the committee or whatever else, have to, have to explain his comments. You know, you can't suggest that, that uh, you know, one of the, the, the referees favouring another team, so if there's 12 or 13 or whatever it happens to be. Listen, frustration is, is, is a massive part of management, particularly when their decisions go against you. I, I'm not one for saying, or Mariela, I mean, I, obviously, I didn't see all the game, I didn't see the set. But, yeah, I mean, he was competitive, but I didn't see Ed Nasty, I, I certainly didn't see any. And Hearts, listen, let's, let's be honest, Hearts are no shrinking violets when it comes to putting a tackle in. So, I think that, um, yeah, there's a lot of frustration there from him. Um, it's on the back of so many injuries. They started the season so well, um, and they've just fallen off a, a little bit. And as you and, and, and Alec are saying there, I don't think he's doing deliberately to, to, to try and deflect it. I think it's just the way he's feeling. But he knows that that will gather um, column inches. There's no question about that when he starts mentioning Bobby Madden and some of the things there. And, and therefore, the more column inches that gets, the less column inches is to, in, in terms of the game. So, yeah, there is elements of deflection there, but I'm not sure if it's deliberate or not, even though he is experienced. OK, let's uh, say farewell to Alex Ray. You can get on your way after that game at Tynecastle. Uh, let's hear again from Brendan Rodgers and Derek McInnes. We'll build up to the League Cup final starting now. What we're trying to transfer to them is that pressure can be a really positive thing. Most people associate it with the negative and the fear, and but never tried to transfer that with the players. Always, it's Pressure is good. It means you're a big club, um, and at big clubs you're expected to win, and you're expected to, to win in a certain style. So, uh, so these players have been absolutely magnificent at that, and uh, and we aim uh, to keep on that path. And Derek McInnes thinks he has seen enough from his team's recent performances against Celtic to give them food for optimism this afternoon. Probably look at the last couple of games we've played Celtic, and you know, two one nil um, results, one nil for us at the back end of last season, one nil for Celtic, Celtic part this year. So in the last few months, we've had two very tight games against them. Um, the game we won, there was nothing really in the game. We've come up with a big moment to, to get the three points and an important result. And uh, Scott Sinclair, I think, comes up with a goal for Celtic. Celtic, but nothing in the game. So the last two performances have been um, encouraging for us. When you play against good teams, and Celtic um, are a good side, we all recognise that, especially where they are at the minute. Um, you have to get the balance right between attacking and defending. You know, you've got to make sure that you try and recognise and try and nullify their, their key players. The scene is set, the pre-match talking is done. Who will lift the League Cup this afternoon? Will it be Celtic or Aberdeen? We'll find out next. Scottish football's league leader. This is Clyde 1 and Clyde 2 Super Scoreboard. We've had the fireworks already. It's a sea of green and white to our right. It's a sea of red and white to our left as we wait for the teams to come out the tunnel here at Hamden for the first major final of the season. It is the Betfred Cup final. Celtic v Aberdeen. Jim Duffy, unbelievable atmosphere as always for these. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic and uh, fair play to, to you know the Hamden ground staff and all the people say, you know uh, that organise these pictures. You know they make it a spectacle now. They've got the fireworks, the pyrotechnics, all the flags, the colours. It is a proper cup final. 
final atmosphere. The teams are just about to come out. I'll recap them again for Celtic. Scott Bain in goal, a back four of Mikel Lustig, Dedrick Boyata, Philip Benkovic and Kieran Tierney. It'll then be Ryan Christie, Tom Rogic and Callum McGregor. In front of them, Scott Sinclair and James Forrest with Odson Edward up top. For Aberdeen, Joe Lewis in goal, a back four of Shane Logan, Scott McKenna, Andrew Considine and Max Lowe. In front of them, Don Ball and Graham Shinney. Then it'll be the midfield three of Niall McGinn, Lewis Ferguson and Gary McKay Stephen. Sam Cosgrove is the long striker for Aberdeen. As the teams emerge from the tunnel to more fireworks and flames here, Jim Duffy, you've already said it. Can you see past another Celtic win? I can't, but uh, listen, it's a perfect day for football. The rain has been uh, you know, pouring all day, but that's just going to make the surface really slick. There's not a breath of wind. It's a perfect day for footballers, for supporters getting here. Yeah, they'll get soaked, but in terms of actually, you know, the, the pitch, you know, that, that's absolutely perfect. And the magnificent surfaces we have at Hamden, expansive pitch. I just can't see, um, you know, Aberdeen stifling Celtic enough throughout the match. Of course, they're in with a chance. They're in the cup final. They deserve it. They've got really difficult ties. So, and Derek McInnes will use that as a motivation for his players. But just man for man, if you're looking across your opponent, Celtic are considerably better. And the record they've got is phenomenal under Brendan Rodgers. And I don't see that changing today. Just that one change, as I said, for Celtic with Scott Bain coming in. These other 10 players, they played on Thursday night against Rosenberg. Yeah. They're going to be on a high. Yeah, it was a fantastic result. Keeps them right in the, the hunt for the, 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 the knockout stages. But I suppose there's other elements where they played. And, you know, it was only a few days ago. You know, that, that recovery is going to be there. But, you know, they're a young you know group of players as well. They're fit. They're in top form. Brim, brimming with confidence. Um, I say I just can't see. There's so many options, you know, as Hugh was mentioned earlier on. If you try and take out one department, then another another uh, player can come up with the goods. Guys like Rogic love this type of pitch because of the space he can manage to find and he's got that quality, that uh, imagination to exploit. Obviously, Edward up front will be the focal point, but they've got so many talented players in forward area Celtic that it's almost impossible to see them not scoring. Derek McInnes wants to be that man that takes the team to Hamden to end Celtic's treble, treble dreams. How much does the pressure mount on Celtic with every game as these expectations increase with every game? Yeah, well, somewhere along the line, someone will do it, you know, but uh, I, I can't see it happening today, but as I mentioned, Aberdeen are a notoriously difficult side to break down. You know, they know they don't have the firepower that they once had, so what they make up for that is an organisation, and they are a very organised, very well-drilled, very disciplined team but they'll have to be at their best and they can't uh, lose concentration for a split second. If they do that, Celtic will capitalise. I mean, there's hardly a square seat in Hamden and the atmosphere, as we've already said, I believe both sets of fans are up for this. Yeah, it's probably, listen, all credit to the Aberdeen fans. They've come down time and time again. They were down for the semi-final, they're down again for the final. It's a long journey down from Aberdeen down to support their team. They know they're underdogs, but they're here and a huge uh, support there to, to get behind their team. Celtic fans, as we know, uh, are always there in force. They expect their team to win. Aberdeen fans will be hoping and uh, more than expectations and we're looking forward to the first major silverware of the two, uh, of the season. Andrew Dallas is the man in the middle this afternoon and he does blow his whistle and he gets us underway for this Betfred Cup final, Celtic against Aberdeen. And it is full time at Hamden. Let's get the story with Alison and Jim. Full 
full-time at Hamden. Celtic 1, Aberdeen 0. Ryan Christie returns to Hon Aberdeen as Celtic retain the League Cup and that treble, treble dream remains alive. It's a fairly even first half. Rogic had the strike off the post for Celtic and Forrest had an effort just past. Then a save from Scott Bain tonight. Sam Cosgrove yards out, but the flag was up. Dominic Ball then lashed a shot well over the bar for Aberdeen before a terrible injury to Gary Mackay. Stephen delayed proceedings. A head knock with Boyata as his header was saved by Scott Bain. Brian Christie then gave Celtic lead just before the break, firing in the rebound after his initial shot was saved by Joe Lewis. Celtic were then awarded a penalty in the 52nd minute after Dominic Ball was judged by referee Andrew Dallas to have handled in the box, but Lewis denied Sinclair from the penalty spot. Joe Lewis then dived to deny Philip Benkovic from distance then. Jozo Simonovic just on the pitch almost scored an own goal as he rattled the ball off the crossbar. bar. Cal McGregor then set up Scott Sinclair for Celtic but he fired over the bar then Odson Edward fired straight at Joe Lewis. Then late on Sam Cosgrove's ed- effort was saved by Scott Bain. So Ryan Christie's our first half goal, the difference between the sizes. Celtic hold on to that League Cup title. Jim Duffy there wasn't much between the sides till, till that goal no there wasn't I think Celtic just deserved to win it I think because they had more threat going forward the, you know the final pass which is normally very good for the likes of Rogic and McGregor at times in Forest yeah, either over hit or under hit and you know didn't capitalise on the spaces the game um, you know getting into the, 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 later, the latter stages but I still think that uh, Joe Lewis had more to do than mm. Scott Payne I don't think Scott Payne really the save to make that one you say opportunity if you want to call it that from Simone that he's just on the pitch hit his own crossbar I think Aberdeen I think from the, the one part you have to do is make it difficult for Celtic and I think you know they've done that I think mm. tactically they were spot on from a defensive point of view from the, the, the side of stopping Celtic play but then you've got to add the other part and that's when it becomes difficult because as soon as you open up space um, Celtic have good quality players but it was a feisty scrappy game in the second half um, they, you know the referee get involved with a few instances I don't think it was a penalty yeah. I think he heads on his arm and also I think it's as just outside the box but you know Joe Lewis picks up a, a, a great save if he has a couple of yards off his line but I think Celtic deserve to win it and it's a fina- fantastic achievement for Brendan Rodgers personally as, as she was saying there seven trophies uh, in a row for this Celtic team I think uh, you know without being at their best they still showed that they don't need to be their best they're still better than everyone else Ryan Christie's goal the difference between the sides as Celtic retain that League Cup title full time at Hamden Celtic 1 Aberdeen 0 and now it's over to you give us your instant reaction to that League Cup success for Celtic the open line is open 01419511025 Celtic fans how happy are you a 7th consecutive trophy Aberdeen fans what about you uh, close but not quite close enough and of course a dramatic afternoon at Tynecastle Craig Levine says hearts were up against 12 men Rangers you go top with the win 01419511025 let's hear from you The team with the biggest support in Glasgow and the West. This is Clyde 2 Super Scoreboard. Celtic have won the League Cup, a seventh consecutive trophy for Brendan Rodgers after a 1-0 win against Aberdeen at Hamden. Ryan Christie was the match winner. I think we can rejoin Hamden, the trophy presentation right about now, Alison Conroy. Yeah, it was a green and white fireworks into the air as Scott Brown and Mikel Lustig lifted that League Cup trophy as Scott Brown led the players up onto the podium after that 1-0 win over Aberdeen this afternoon. Jim Duffy, how much more can you say about this Celtic team? 
Listen, Celtic and Brendan Rodgers knows that they like to play free-flowing, attractive, entertaining football. But you can't always do it. Sometimes doing the opposition, like today, Aberdeen, and sometimes you know your teams are a little bit off the pace. But you've also got to find another way of winning. Celtic notorious and everything to break down. They've got a fantastic defensive record, and again, they never looked at any t- uh, danger today of losing a goal. And you're always one chance away from winning it. And Ryan Christie had that one chance. They had a two or three in the second half, particularly the penalty. But it only took the one chance because Aberdeen, you know, really didn't threaten Celtic. But different ways to play. And sometimes you've just got to grind it out. And when it's a cup final, it's every bit as sweet as one in three or four. So those Celtic players won't mind really. And I'm sure Brendan Rodgers will be absolutely thrilled. And his team still deserve to win it without being their best. They definitely deserve to win it. And, uh, you know, as I said, a fantastic achievement for Brendan Rodgers personally and the Celtic team. Seven trophies on the bounce. You can't get any better. As Brendan Rodgers holds the trophy above his head up on that podium. As always, we watch all the Celtic backroom staff going on to the the winner's podium with all the players. Ryan Christie had to bide his time to get into that Celtic team, but he took his chance today. Yeah, and, and also a lot of credit has to go to Derek McInnes and Aberdeen for Ryan Christie. He'll, he'll be, that'll stick in his throat because they helped to develop him as a player, his personality, his, his mentality, his desire, all these things. Uh, he, he knew he had to muscle up and he done that, added a little bit of steel to his game and amongst his quality. And he's taken his chance, grabbed it with both hands, and he's got the winner today. His dad's at the game today and his mum with a proud family but uh, you know just shows you how quickly it can turn around for you as a footballer if you just keep working hard keep believing in yourself and you're playing with a club at Celtic who allow you to go and express yourself but a fantastic goal um, you know again the movement I mean the guys in the studio were on about Edward oh. Edward had a different role today he was trying to come short to create space uh, for those midfield because of the, the man-to-man uh, marking from Aberdeen it wasn't brilliant but I think he had to sacrifice a little bit of his game to try and create space and the one time he did do it Ryan Christie fully exploited that so Brendan Rodgers we see last one down the stairs walking out with the pitch uh, yeah, on those, um, slip, fully, <laughs> and just giving it to Scott Brown and Mikael Lustig and the celebrations really start now for the Celtic fans as the green and white confetti rain down on all those Celtic players on that podium as they celebrate here at Hamden they are the League Cup winners once again and that treble treble dream remains alive Full time again. It finished Celtic one, Aberdeen nil. And that for the Celtic supporters is the most important thing. The treble, treble dream stays alive. Rangers may go to the top of the league, two points in front of Celtic. Celtic have a game in hand. We have a wonderful competition brewing there between Glasgow's finest. And we'll let that one continue to unfold Wednesday night when Celtic go to Motherwell. Rangers take on Aberdeen at Ibrooks exciting times it might not have been the best of cup finals but the record books will not say Celtic won Aberdeen nil and in brackets it wasn't very good it will just say Celtic won their seventh successive trophy and many congratulations to them and to Brendan Rodgers 22 cup ties played as Celtic manager 22-1 an astonishing record Jim Duffy's right though I, I mean Brendan Rodgers style of football is so attractive and uh, people like to watch it Celtic fans love to watch them free flowing and scoring goals the players love to play in it but it's not possible to do it all the time and the one thing that this Celtic team have got just now and showed today is when they're not in top form they've still got match winners who in a split second can win you the game and then they can see it out okay Aberdeen weren't great by any stretch going forward 
But you still have to see games like that out. You still have to stay concentrated. Uh, you know, at the back of it, uh, and you still have to create chances going forward. And even when I'm being off the boil, uh, uh, they were still worthy mm. winners today. And there's still more to come from I, this I team. I think you're right, Mark. I think they won at a canter. Yeah, they they never played the the style of football that we've expected off a Celtic team. But cup finals are getting that just about getting that winning goal, getting the trophy, and then moving on. And that's as Hugh was was saying there. What a fantastic record, Brendan Rodgers. Oh, yeah. You know, because you can have odd games where something just goes wrong for you. Uh, you lose a silly goal or you get something sent off, but. To have the record that this guy's got is incredible and uh, you've got to say well done Celtic this afternoon. Oh, 0141-951-1025. Let's hear from you. First up is John in Linwood. What did you make of it, John? Guys, absolutely brilliant. Obviously Celtic, another trophy. But I will turn in and say, guys, uh, well done to Aberdeen giving us a game. At the start of the show, the guys were saying 3 three nothing to Celtic. You know, big scores. Well done to Aberdeen. They put on a good show today. But uh, my main point is, guys, uh, Boata, you know, I was a big critic against him, and so was you. Uh, I, I thought he was uh, amazing today. Having that injury with Gary, it was scary. To come on and play, I thought it was brilliant. You know, um, I think there can be forgiveness in football. But I think Boata has played some brilliant football with uh, the stuff that went on earlier on. The irony about Dedrick Boyata is that he has uh, achieved that forgiveness from the Celtic supporters after refusing to play for the team in a vital match. Uh, it was a difficult period for him. I remember going along to the Celtic Hamilton Ackies game. Boyata scored the only goal of the game at a time when Celtic weren't doing terribly well uh, and thereafter he dug in dug in dug in and he gets his reward and the, the word that you used John is the, the correct one it was a scary moment when Boyata and Gary Mackay Stephen clashed heads and uh, we'll find out in the fullness of time how Gary Mackay Stephen is mm. but for Boyata to carry on in the first place was amazing uh, and then to provide the pass that led to the goal that won the cup was truly astonishing. He then had to go off because of injury, but today, yes, after Ryan Christie, the goal scorer and the man of the match, Boyata can take credit. The injury for Boyata, I wonder how much a concern that is though, because the head injury, okay, he may miss a few days training in the next game midweek against Motherwell, but with a hamstring injury, what she came off with that will concern Brendan Rogers. now that could stretch any length of time depending on how serious the tear is and Celtic have got a big mm. month coming up with yeah. Rangers being top of the league and their European adventures coming up It's uh, it could be a big loss for Celtic Jim Duffy it's just the level of consistency isn't it I think most people accept that Celtic are favourites for all these domestic competitions they should certainly be there or thereabouts with all the budgets and whatever else but to go and win seven in a row and, and sweep everything aside and Brendan Rodgers still hasn't lost a cup game it's just that level of, of consistency well it's not always about budgets it's about how well you spend money yeah. and also you develop players Celtic have got players a really good balance they've brought players in they've brought players in 
where you know that they, they, they can invest in they know that they're going to increase in value but they also develop in their own talented young players so they've got a terrific balance and a great structure for how to win and how to be successful because if it's not great on the pitch they've got great assets that they can they can uh, you know um, sell if, if they decide to do that but I think the Celtic fans love to see players come through the ranks love to see young players and there's a host of them in the Celtic team so I think that uh, yeah they're, they're well paid but they have come through the ranks we see uh, as, as we look at the screen you know, young Kieran Tierney and he must just think football's all about winning because ever since he's come into the Celtic team all he's done is collect trophies it's, you know it's, it seems easy for him but he's got a fantastic attitude to the game and I think that typified today's game it wasn't a classic game but um, you know you said there are you know different aspects of football staying fully focused as Mark said concentration don't give the opposition a sniff mm. and you know that there will be opportunities for you with the quality you've got and they, and they fully deserve it but listen you can't underestimate this there's been I mean myself and you more than old enough to remember some of the greats who haven't picked up a fraction of the trophies that this Celtic team have won or the fraction of the medals that these some of these young guys have won and uh, you know they're, they're lauded as legends you know in, in their Celtic careers so yeah the opposition uh, did well today in terms of you know making it difficult for Celtic but let's congratulate the winners because they thoroughly deserved it Frank is in Springburn how happy are you Frank? Yeah delighted with the win win the club I'd like to see glad to see his win uh, seven in a row twice in the calendar year seven league titles and now seven trophies absolute fantastic Re- breaking records all over the shop I wasn't really happy with our performance. I thought we were very poor on the day, but a win's a win. But can I take you back to the... I watched the both games today, Rangers game, Hearts and the Celtic game, and I watched both sets... I watched both sets of players at the end of the game, and I watched my team actually celebrate winning a trophy. And I embarrassingly watched another set of players, supporters, go to the top of what they call the Mickey Mouse League, the meaningless league. Who calls oh, it that, Frank? They're getting excited. I've never that. heard anyone call it that. Just no, no use. I'm oh. talking to the, the, the Rangers supporters. Do they? We calling it yes. I'm calling it meaningless league for the last seven years. Right. We calling it a meaningless league, and all of a sudden they're getting all excited about going to the top of that meaningless league. Embarrassing. I, I'm, all, I'm always Frank I'm a big advocate of people can come on this show and talk about what they like I, I, I like to make it my mantra but I'm, I am surprised that's at the front of your mind as Celtics celebrate winning well, the cup well, right well, now I must well, say my mind is watching my team I'm watching them celebrating just now actually winning a trophy that's, that's something to celebrate well let me mm. give me let me give you my take on it Frank Rangers have been in the wilderness for years and Playing in the lower leagues, done all the Annan Athletics and Peterheads and Stirling Albions and all the rest of it. And now they've got Steven Gerrard at the helm. They've got players who have taken over from a team that your side, Celtic, used to beat routinely. Take five off them at Celtic Park, five off them at Ibrox. And now they've got a team who today sit top of the league. And it's a big moment for them. Yes, of course, it's not the end of the competition. We still have more than half a season to go. But given where they've been, it's a big moment for them. And yeah, they they, they milked it. And Steven Gerrard milked it. But is there anything terribly wrong about that, Frank? Yes, sir, it's because they keep saying it's a meaningless league. Who says so that, Frank? I can't remember anyone saying it's a meaningless league. Well, I think if we go back to your archive and check, 
You'll see, you'll see that they're all saying it's a meaningless league. Are you talking about Rangers supporters? Yes. Yeah, but it's, yeah. The, it's the I club. still don't remember that though. I know, I know, but anyway. It's the club though. The club are celebrating the fact that after years of lower league football, of failing to get up to the Premiership at the first time of asking, having Motherwell take six off them in the playoff final, they're celebrating the fact that tonight they are on top of the league and they are chasing Celtic and hoping to stop Celtic from winning eight in a row that's why they're celebrating for the club it's a big moment if guys down the pub tell you it's a Mickey Mouse league that doesn't mean a thing Jim Duffy back to today it's another chapter in the the short fairy tale that has been Ryan Christie's recent Form. I mean, I, I'm almost repeating myself, but you're only going back a couple of weeks to a guy who's not really in the team, and uh, to, to top it off by scoring the winner in a cup final, it, it just keeps getting better. Yeah, it's a fairy tale time for um, Ryan Christie. I mean, there's only a couple of months ago he'd never a dreamt. He, he thought his maybe Celtic career was finished. He might have been looking to get back to Aberdeen or somewhere else like that in January. But uh, you know, football has got a habit of just uh, you know turning things around when you least expect it sometimes it goes the other way sometimes you're doing well and you get an injury or something that happens but in Ryan Christie's um, you know cir- circumstances it's it's just uh, a, you know a, a dream come true for the boy and uh, you're, you're delighted anybody that works hard that keeps at it you know keeps believing in himself and keeps knocking on the door when they get that chance and they take it you're absolutely delighted and you're thrilled for them uh, and he's a, he's a terrific young player and uh, you know and he adds quality Quality, but in a different a different way. Again, you know, like most of the, the creative Celtic players, they wasn't the best game, but you know, little moments and that time in the run, you know, that his his composure to eventually finish the goal was an outstanding uh, standing uh, winner for Celtic today. Thank you to Frank in Springburn. No one four one nine five one one zero two five. If you want to join us, we're hoping to hear from Brendan Rogers and Derek McInnes very soon indeed. The winning team all season long. This is Clyde 2 Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans, Mark Wilson, Gordon Dale and Jim Duffy Still with me Gordon Duncan on today's Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard Give us a call, let us know what's on your mind 01419511025 If you're a Celtic fan, you'll be happy, I'd imagine At winning a 7th consecutive trophy If you're an Aberdeen fan, you came close-ish As close as you've come really uh, But couldn't quite uh, trouble Celtic on the day How disappointing was that Rangers fans You're top of the league But Craig Levine says The Hearts were up against 12 men And Hugh Evans, The small matter Of the draw for Euro 2020 qualification Scotland Have been drawn in there with Belgium Russia yeah. Cyprus Kazakhstan And San Marino For me it's a three team story Us Belgium And Russia And uh, you have to finish in the top two and Belgium and Russia represent the biggest threat to us finishing top two. If we can't take care of Kazakhstan, San Marino and Cyprus, then we don't deserve to be anywhere. As for the day's events on the park, I think it's slightly sad for me to see Aberdeen and Hearts, two of our major football clubs, Hearts playing a 10-man Rangers and not laying a glove on them, Aberdeen playing Celtic who had, without question... An off day The vast majority of the players were well off But Aberdeen In spite of using all their subs Mm. As well Couldn't lay a glove on them So Aberdeen Bottom half of the league Hearts slipping down the league Uh, That for me is the disappointment of the day Laurie's in Denison Hi Laurie Good evening Hello 
Uh, firstly, obviously I'm delighted uh, that my team Celtic won the Cup. However, the outcome of the game is of no consequence compared to the welfare of Gary Mackay, Stephen. Uh, is the studio aware of any medical yes. updates regarding he, the young man's condition? He is sitting up in hospital and is okay, says Derek McInnes. So that's about the full extent of it at the moment, Laurie. Well, I'm relieved to hear that because that transcends uh, any sense of elation I may feel uh, about Celtic uh, winning the trophy. So um, I'm pleased to hear that. Uh, thank you for conveying that information to me. Uh, some things are more important than football. Regarding the game itself, uh, Celtic won today. I, the, the performance, as Hugh has alluded to, was subpar. Uh, now, I watched uh, the Rangers and Hearts game uh, before that, which was a very entertaining game. It was a very, uh, uh, an excellent advert for Scottish football. Uh, and I watched the Rangers bench erupting in joy uh, after the final whistle. And it just shows you uh, how they have been eclipsed by us for the last six or seven years. I. My thought tonight, apart from Gary Mackay Stevens' uh, condition, is how happy I am as a Celtic fan uh, to have Brendan Rodgers in charge of our team. Seven in a row. Uh, you know, the, the most industrious uh, employee in the Scottish workplace has to be the cleaner uh, at the Celtic Park trophy room. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think that uh, by the end of the year, I'm looking forward now uh, to the game on the 29th of December at Ibrook Stadium. And as much as I enjoy and relish competition, I think that uh, Hogman A, uh, Celtic, uh, will be in a position where we're looking over our shoulders at the rest of them. One by one, they're starting to fall by the wayside, the competitors. Let, I said that in the programme several weeks ago where yeah. Hearts and Hibs is concerned. Let's go back to the uh, initial point, so, Laurie. I just uh, want I to enjoy the fact that there is some competition but the bottom line is that in every position in the field, Celtic are vastly yeah. superior to all of our rivals. Yeah. The panel's thoughts. Covering quite a lot of ground. Let's go back to the start, Jim Duffy. Certainly yeah. good um, Good to hear Laurie's his best wishes, of course. Yeah, uh, and Derek McInnes confirming uh, that Gary McKay-Steven is, in his words, OK and setting up in hospital. So, I mean, relatively good news. Yes. I mean, that, that is the most important thing, uh, the safety of any player. And uh, it was a horrible clash of heads. So, you know, we're absolutely delighted to hear that he is sitting up and just hopefully, you know, the medical staff, as we know, will, will, will take care of him and hopefully he's on the road to recovery soon. Um, as far as, um, you know, obviously, you know, the, the, the game here today or the game at uh, Tynecastle, uh, two contrasting types of games. You know, one is for a cup final, one is for three points. It's no more than that. But for Rangers at this moment in time, it's a big psychological boost. There's no question. But I, I, I'm not quite getting the, the people getting upset about them celebrating. There were 10 men, they've won. It's a difficult place to go. They went top of the league. You know, what, what's the harm in that? That's, that's the thing. We seem to get upset when people, when people celebrate. I don't know what it is in this country, you know, you know, like celebrate a victory or the manner in which you celebrate. But as long as it's not, you know, inciting the opposition and stuff like that, then I don't, I don't really get, get why people get too bothered about it. But listen, the, the one, you know, by and large, Celtic have got a much, much.
much better squad than anybody else. Um, I think the, the the figures came out the other week there about the, the wage bill, and I think there was about whatever, eight, nine times the, the, the size of Aberdeen. So, uh, you know, uh, they, they should be winning this game, but, they, they, you know, it's not easy to do that. I mean, they, they have to work at it, and they had to work in a different manner today. Um, you know, Rangers have been, you know, been a, an improving side, there's no question, but their biggest, their biggest signing has been Alan McGregor, who has been absolutely outstanding for them. Uh, and to, you know, and I think that that would be a slight concern that your your goalkeeper is having to pull off saves every game, really, to to make sure you're staying in the hunt. But um, you know, when you take um, McGregor and Morelis, that is their two big big players, one for mm. scoring and one for stopping them. Um, but if you, you know, they're still so they've still got a bit to find in terms of for me anyway, in terms of going and challenging Celtic for the for the title. But this today again. I just think it eases the pressure on Celtic to a certain extent because they've got the first trophy in the bag. So there's another trophy that no one else can win. It's another one added to the collection. So I think they can get to the league posi- the, the league um, ahead now as relaxed as they can be as champions. But uh, yeah, they're, they're the team everyone else has to catch. There's no question about that, even if, if Rangers are top tonight. Hoping to hear from Brendan Rodgers and Derek McInnes very soon. Let's hear from Stephen Gerrard after that game at Tynecastle. Very important, yeah, big win. Um, first win against the big rival away from home, so um, I'm sure the boys will take a lot of confidence and belief from this victory. But I think the emotion at the end comes from the fact that you, you know, you you finish the the last periods of the game with with ten men again. So the job becomes even more difficult. So to get over the line, it meant that a little bit more. Good Sunday afternoon, Stephen. Always, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What did you make of it? I mean, uh, uh, look, look, he's late. He, he, look, he, he's late. He's late. He knows he's late. Um, I've got no complaints over it. But what I would say is, Scott's not a dirty player. You, you know, win, not a dirty team. Although we just keep getting red cards and red cards. Um, so Scott sees that he's got it in one hand and decides to go for it. By the time he actually arrives at the keeper, the keeper's got it in two hands. So he's late. And you, you you get your punishments. It is what it is. But Scott's been outstanding for us, and I can certainly back him in terms of he hasn't got one violent bone in his body. He's a he's a top professional. Even after that red card, I mean, you so showed that calmness, but then that determination. Well, we've done it before. We're getting used to it, you know. <laughs> We're getting used to playing with, with ten men. We're actually getting quite good at it. Um, not that I want it to happen in the future, but um, we've had enough rehearsals to do it with ten men. So. It was no surprise to me that the lads dug in and um, and we got there. But credit to Hearts, they never went away. You know, Craig Levine's teams, they, they fight till the end. And I'm sure they've seen it as a fantastic opportunity when we went down to 10. But uh, a lot of teams have experienced that against us and, and, and we've come up strong. Brian's in Lark Hall. Hi, Brian. Hi, panel. <clears throat> uh, before I go into my, my point, uh, uh, Jim, Jim Duffy. Yeah. Yes. Hello, Jim. Hi there. Hi, Brian. Hi, uh, it's another time you went to sell your TV, Jam. Because uh, there's not much balance coming to what you're saying, you know, sell it, sell it this, sell it that. Yeah. I, I don't uh, know, mate. I think I said that uh, there was no problem for Rangers celebrating and they're, they're well, happy to be dropped that. About your, you keep on saying embarrassed of riches and exceptional players, incredible. I've spoke to you yeah. about this before, uh-huh. your, your terminology. Yeah. Selig are still the best side in this country. Like yes. The players are anything but exceptional. 
I, I think they're exceptional. Scottish yeah, well, that's well, what that's we're what playing. We're about, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're playing by in Scotland. So therefore, it's uh, they're exceptional that's in Scotland. Right, but the way you talk about it, that they're, they, you know, that they're far yeah. better than what they really are, and be able to get down to the other, you know, top leagues, and uh, you know, compete. When has he ever said that? Yeah, it's fine. No, listen, you, obviously, you, you, you can you can interpret. Okay, can I go to my main point? Yeah, on you go, mate. Right. Uh, I tried to go on yesterday, didn't manage to go on, and it was basically, uh, I thought that today's game was going to be the most significant game since Rangers come back to the top league. The reason being that we had the opportunity to go top of the league, uh, you know, before the, the, the turn of the year. Uh, I knew we'd been top of the league before that, but uh, that had been early on in the season. And I was wondering how we would deal with that, and when we went behind, I must admit, I did, I did believe that my players were kind of struggling. Uh, but I've got to commend them. I thought they dealt with the situation. I thought when they went behind, they upped their level and certainly thoroughly deserved to win the game. The other thing about Stevie, I, I didn't hear his interview in BT. I heard it in Rangers TV. And uh, he was going on the Scott Arfield's challenge. This is my opinion. I think Scott every right to go for that ball and they actually spoke to the video analysis who was working at Hamden for the League Cup final and he believed it was no more than mm. a yellow card. I expect Rangers to challenge that well Brian interestingly enough because whilst you were hanging on the line we actually played Stephen Gerrard's interview and he said well well, he said I have no problem with it would you still expect him to appeal it if he has no problem with it yes I do I expect Rangers to appeal that well they they won't Um, well I mean they still might but Stephen Gerrard doesn't seem too bothered we now know why we we have a competition here because you know the, the, the Celtic supporters are on to insult Rangers the Rangers supporters are on to insult Celtic and also pundits on the programme uh, so that's when we know the tension has cranked up uh, so there'll be no appeal he was definitely I mean they still might to be fair off. because Stephen Gerrard might look at it again later and change his mind but from, from what he said post-match I have no problem with it Scott knows he was late well yeah and I think anyone who watches it with ordinary eyes with the eyes that are not blue coloured specs or green coloured specs uh, understands that it was the only decision the referee could take. Uh, so, you know, as I say, this is when we know the tension is rising because people are getting more and more insulting uh, and failing to understand the simplest of things about why people celebrate uh, or the way in which they celebrate. You know, in a civilised country, you should be allowed to celebrate your victories. And in a civilised country... Uh, you would be able to see referee decisions for what they are. Mm. Uh, thank you to Brian the Lark Hall. Let's take this break now and hopefully we can squeeze in uh, Derek McInnes and Brendan Rogers before the show's end. Fingers crossed that's coming next. The fastest goals, the expert opinions. This is Clyde 2 Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard Mark Wilson, Hugh Evans, uh, Gordon Dale are still here Jim Duffy's with us as well uh, We're hoping to hear from Derek McInnes and Brendan Rogers very soon They're going about all their post-match media duties at Hamden uh, So there's not a great deal we can do um, until those interviews are finished But Celtic have won the League Cup uh, Rangers are top of the league And Scotland know their Euro 2020 fate So there's still time for you to give us a call 01419511025 Paul is a Celtic fan from Kirkintilla Hi Paul Hi guys, how are you doing? Good okay. thanks 
Hey, can I speak to Jim, please? He's listening. Hi, Paul. Uh, hi, Jim. Hi. Uh, Jim, I'm just phoning up. I'm just uh, delighted with the, the cup final today and Celtic's uh, their win. I thought that the, the squad of players, every player was exceptional. Uh, and it was an exceptional performance. A different kind of performance from the, the usual kind of use of the big park at Hamden. But I just thought it was very much everybody had to dig in. Uh, and... Uh, I just thought a totally different final for Celtic are used to, and I thought they were exceptional, but in a different way. Yeah, I mean, I think it, um, you know, it's it's uh, one of those ones where, Paul, where the, I think that the the style, you know, wasn't quite there. And a lot to have to do was Aberdeen, but I, I wouldn't say it was an exceptional performance, but it was a, a, a you know, it was a, a resilient, a different type, a roll your sleeves up to a performance, dig in, get the job done. And, and I think they've done that. And as I said before, you'll not always play at your very best. But, you know, Celtic, um, you know, um, they don't lose many goals. And, you know, it's very, very few games when they, they don't score. So, you know, and Aberdeen never really looked at a threat. So I think that, um, you know, in terms of the, the performance, yeah, Celtic have obviously played a lot better um, for, for a lot of the games. But, uh, you know, it's about getting the, getting that trophy back in the cabinet again, and that's what they've managed to achieve. So, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was an exceptional performance, but it was a, a deserved one. There's no no question. I don't think anyone could say that Celtic didn't deserve it today because Joe Lewis had a few saves to make. They missed a, a controversial penalty. They had one or two other opportunities. And, and Aberdeen, really, I think, I, I can't really remember them having a, a clear-cut opportunity. I said before the game, Jim, that Aberdeen were a model of mundanity, uh, and I stand by that. You know, I, I said it beforehand, so I can't be accused of speaking in the, uh, hindsight. Uh, and like Hearts, very poor, and it's a shame that neither Hearts nor Aberdeen could offer Rangers nor Celtic uh, a proper level of competition, because, as you rightly say, Celtic's performance—the the one word that you couldn't apply to it—was exceptional. Yeah, but they didn't need to be exceptional. That will be the disappointing thing for Derek McInnes. You know, they were they were ordinary at times. They had some flashes uh, of brilliance, particularly Christie for the goal, for his first touch and then his finish. But there was no need for them to be exceptional. And that's the worrying thing for the rest of the league. They don't need to be exceptional. And they're still able to win Cups. I don't think it's Aberdeen team are anywhere near where they have been in, no. in recent yeah. years. They'll finish second, or is it three or four years in a row? And... and as I said, so Aberdeen getting to the cup final, I think, was an achievement. I really do, with the squad, with the current squad the players have got, um, they've got one or two decent players, but but they don't have anywhere near the same qualities as they've had in maybe recent years, obviously. And so to get there, I think, was great for Derek McInnes. It's another another cup, another cup final he's got to, but. You know, I, I can't really blame them for, for you know, if you want to say for, for not giving Celtic more of a challenge. It's all right saying Celtic were at their best, but Aberdeen probably were more or less at their best. You know, in terms of what they can what they can do at this moment in for, time. For but, me, Jim, the, you know? the, the, the the overriding memory of the day that I'll take away is first of all, well done, Brendan Rodgers and Celtic, because yep. that's a truly extraordinary record that he has created. Also, with Rangers top of the league. Every match that Rangers and Celtic play now is of vital importance. We're back to the old-fashioned days <laughs> of one set of supporters wondering how the other yeah, lot are getting on. So, see how the score went. Yeah, yeah. so it's Rangers-Aberdeen, an Aberdeen side who have once again come to Glasgow and been very, very poor and will now play Rangers without uh, Gary McKay-Steven at Ibrox on Wednesday. Celtic going to Motherwell 
Motherwell were very poor yesterday. Motherwell have lost key players. Motherwell are not the bee's knees either. But every game that Celtic and Rangers play now is of crucial importance, and that's a big, big thing for our league. Paul, what about Ryan Christie being the match winner on the day? So much praise for him recently, given uh, the, the impact he's having, uh, and yet he pops up and scores the winner in a cup final this afternoon. Look, I think it was kind of written in the stars for Ryan Christie. You know, he was in the, he's everywhere. He's the, the energy the, the young guy's got is unbelievable. Uh, I'm maybe I'm maybe hyping up a wee bit by saying it was exceptional for for previous callers, but can I just say that the final was exceptional. What an what an excitement! Uh, what an exciting thing to watch! So, uh, everything for refereeing decisions, no great missed penalties, and if you watch a lot of English Premiership uh, as I do myself, you could fall asleep watching a lot of the games. But up in Scotland now, did you think it? Did you think it was a penalty, Paul? No, there's never a, it was never a penalty kick. But I, I can't agree with you saying that the cup final was exciting. I didn't find it exciting. I think Celtic just done enough to win it. It was one piece of brilliance from Christie, who obviously Derek McInnes respects a lot. He put Shinny, his captain, on him, a man mark him, and he dropped him for that one run. Great ball by, by Atta. And it's an exceptional finish from the young lad. He's been absolutely sensational since he went in the Celtic team. And it just shows you that Scott Brown's on the bench and Cham's on the bench Christie's out there Merritt playing in front of them and deserved his goal Jim Duffy you made the point earlier and perhaps this is a, a reminder of of where Aberdeen are at of course you get to a cup final you want to win it you should believe you can go and win it but they essentially played a big part in, in, the, in the, the form that Ryan Christie is showing at the moment you know they, they're at a level where they're yeah. taking Celtic's fringe players um, and tuning them up and then for them to come back and bite them next se- the following season as you had mentioned in, in, again we go back to wishing um, Gary Mackay Stephen but he was a he was a player that Celtic didn't feel was good enough eventually to go and play on a regular basis um, and obviously Ryan Christie went on loan but you know uh, yeah, but they are. They're, they're a mid-table team at this moment in time. Any other kind of mid-table, because people, people wouldn't be expecting too much of them. But because of Aberdeen's history, going you know, all the way back to the Fergie era, they've still got the ha- hanging over them, if you want to call it that. You know, people still expect Aberdeen to come down and and, and compete against um, Celtic in a cup final and say, right, you know, we should be doing it. They've had a huge support there today, down to support them. They've got a fantastic support, really, in terms of you think about that. You know, turning up time after time knowing that they're really up against it but you know they don't have that quality anymore they don't have that uh, aura about them uh, of the Fergie era and as I said that's difficult to live with all the time but at this at this moment in time I think Monsieur said they're 7th in the league so why should a team that's 7th in the league really be expected to compete any better than they've done today against Celtic OK let's hear from Brendan Rodgers Yeah it was a very satisfying win for us today I think the um they showed a lot of heart and a lot of fight. Um, and this was obviously after the, the run of games that we've had, and, and especially on Thursday night. It's a really, really tough team to, to come in and play against Aberdeen because they're very physical and, and very strong. Um, but, uh, but now to, to show the, the quality for the goal, you know, it was probably our, our biggest moment in, in the first half, you know, where we had a sequence of passes and, and worked our way through their they're sort of my marking and then uh, end up with, with a great goal my only disappointment with the second half was we, we could be more clinical you know we were in key moments especially when you're having to defend a bit deeper we broke away fantastic you know the, the pace in which we broke away with 
and the support that we had up there. We never made the last pass, uh, which then makes the game a lot tighter towards the end than it should have been, really. Um, but that's my only criticism. Incredible mentality by the players and, uh, and like I say, the, the focus in the game was very, very good. Do you and players start to now think about that treble treble? No, not really, no. It's, it's still sort of, We haven't even played the second round of games yet in the league, so that's a long, long way away. This was a very satisfying win, this, after the, the start that we had and the summer that we had. Uh, the last two months we've pulled our, our idea back round again in terms of our football and, and the quality of our game. And Like I say, these players deserve it after today, you know, and um, but like everything they've done since I've come in, they've had to earn it. You know, there's nothing being presented to them. They, they've had to earn it, and they earned it today. How's Cedric? Unfortunately, he came back on after a head knock. Yeah, it looks like he's struggling with his hamstring, uh, and hopefully Gary's okay as well. Because I just seen the replay of that, and it looked a really, really bad knock. So, so hopefully he's okay. Well, it's a bad time for Celtic to have Boyata out with a hamstring because December is the busiest month of all, culminating in the, the visit to Ibrox on the 29th. So it looks as if Brendan Rodgers will have to come up with a different defensive partnership at Fir Park on Wednesday. In all likelihood, it will be Jozo Simonovic uh, and uh, Philip Benkovic. So Derek Boyata has come back and played very well for Celtic since... He took his huff and refused to play uh, But it looks as if his season has come to a halt Let's hear briefly from Derek McInnes as well Any final defeats um, So when you know yourself We can only be one winner And um, you know, we put a team out there It gave us a chance to to, um, to win a trophy There's no doubt Celtic have The bigger, better squad, better players um, But my players gave absolutely everything We had to give them some sort of structure To make sure we Try and contain Celtic and control Celtic. We, I thought we dictated a lot of where Celtic, uh, who was in possession of the ball, um, and we restricted Celtic to very few opportunities, which isn't easy. The thoughts here of Derek McInnes, Jim Duffy. We will bid you farewell. Thank you for your service. Cheers, guys. Uh, that was Jim Duffy at hand and watching Celtic uh, lift the League Cup, a seventh consecutive trophy for Brendan Rodgers. What do you make of the reaction of those managers, Hugh Keevans? Well, I think Derek McInnes is letting his players off lightly, to be honest. Uh, you can talk about uh, controlling Celtic, but I, I didn't notice that very much, I have to say. Uh, and Aberdeen, as an attacking force, were non-existent. On a day when Celtic were very ordinary, Aberdeen were non-existent. On a day when Rangers went down to 10 men, Hearts were non-existent. That's why... It's only about two teams now, Celtic and Rangers, and that applies to the Scottish Cup as well. Got to agree with Brendan Rodgers there. His team weren't perfect. However, they had opportunities to, to tie the game up, which would have frustrated him. Wasn't perfect, but he, he praised their mentality. And I think you've got to give huge praise to the Celtic players who've won seven trophies now under him. Mentality is so strong at that club. Yeah, I think you're right, and uh, I think Celtic cruised to that final today for the cup, and uh, they deserved it, Gordon. And uh, it's an incredible record that Brendan Rodgers has got. So, congratulations to him, and congratulations to Rangers for going top of the league. What a day of Scottish football it has been! It started off with Scotland learning their Euro 2020 fate in a group with Belgium, Russia, Cyprus, Kazakhstan, and San Marino. Then came Rangers going to Tynecastle, winning the game, down to ten men, win the game, and go top of the table, and then finished off with the League Cup final. At hand and Celtic win it again Celtic won Aberdeen nil A 7th consecutive domestic trophy for Brendan Rodgers 
When will that one come to an end? Thanks to Hugh Keevens, Mark Wilson, Gordon Dale and the top team. Big thanks to you for all your calls and tweets. We are back tomorrow night on Clyde One. Six o'clock until eight. I'll be back with Alex Ray and Hugh Keevens. Uh, Gina McKee is up next. <laughs>